here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm very, very pleased to be joined by both of the co-hosts of The Baker's Dozen, an amazing podcast that's just getting started on its first season, about nine, eight or nine episodes in. I'll let one of you two confirm that in just a moment. I want to intro one by one. First, we have Young Donut at Donut SSBM on Twitter. We got Dan here. Dan, how's it going? Doing well, man. Thank you so much for having us on today. And then also the other co-host of the Baker's Dozen podcast, we got Drew and G at Drewnga on Twitter. Drew, how you doing? I'm doing good. Excited and I, to be here. It's going to be fun. And I have listened to every episode, but I lost track of the number in my head just now. Are we eight or nine episodes in? I, I think we just finished nine. We did, yeah. Nine is the most recent, and I imagine because I know you you have a similar release schedule to us, right? You release on like the Friday, right? I generally release as soon as I am done recording. I try to get that out as fast as possible. Um, okay. So if I record on for, for for tonight, for example, I will be pushing this out when we're done. So Tuesday, but then next week I might record on a Wednesday, and so then it goes out on a Wednesday. Oh, okay. So you're you're one and done. Okay, because I was trying to follow like how you do your uploads, and they did look a little sporadic, but it looked like more consistently it was close to Fridays. So I guess this will be a bit of a spoiler now, but we'll we'll throw it out there because the Baker's dozen we're not going to be releasing an episode this week. Um, but to you know next week we'll we'll have some stuff coming out. You guys will be able to see then. But uh, for right now we're we're taking the the one week off here to to join our good pal Jesse on a on a great great adventure at the bottom of the Smash Mountain today. I appreciate that. You taking a week off just to record with me means a lot because you both have very busy schedules. Of course you know that. It's hard to get together and record and do content, all that fun stuff on a even on a weekly basis. My sporadic schedule is just I think it's consistent as long as I get two episodes of podcasting out a week. And it used to be three, so I've had to settle down slightly. We'll see what twenty twenty two holds, but I do love I mean, doing two this. Two episodes a week? Like that's that's a lot to put on someone. I mean, people can try and critique like any show at any time and try to say like, Oh, you know, podcasting's not that hard. Like you try coming up with with like a rundown on topics, you try finding your guests, you try having the not just like the emotional energy to go into it, but like the physical energy to then start a start a podcast at whatever time of day it is when you're also a working man and a family man. So it's like you got you got enough on your plate. So the day it, that's wild to me to even know that you were doing the, the three a day. Like, my God, someone round a round of applause hey. there. Appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> You don't do over a hundred episodes in one year by accident. That's what we're at so far. Yeah, yep, you had yep. you had Tofan for the hundred the hundredth episode. Yep. That was cool. I remember I watched that. It was like a little special top ten moments. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was really fun to do that with Tof. It's fun to get on super popular people in the melee scene. But I'm also as equally excited to get just a hair below Tof. For the record. Dan, Drew, oh, I'm in my up, mind, Don't worry. just a hair below Tof. You are this close to almost having 30,000 subscribers on the on the Donut YouTube channel. Don't worry. You're almost there. I've beaten Drew before, who's beaten 
wild before who's beaten like if we go through the transitive property it's like the Kevin we, Bacon we've beaten Mango, we've beaten I love like, saying there's... the transitive property for things like that that was one of the biggest memes of our whole one. college career just finding well, the transitive property to show that you are good enough at the game without well, being good well I've, I've beaten Stro who's a lick main from Buffalo it. who beat Mango who was very drunk in Pittsburgh at a, in a link ditto but Stro technically has beaten Mango, and I've beaten Stro, and that's and I've where beaten I'm Drew. I know. So the hey, whole let's cycle, go. All Mango Slayers. It's amazing. <laughs> the other, the one, the other Link Ditto that everybody forgets about. Everybody remembers the Pound Three Link Ditto at Silent Wolf and going down the losers, but nobody talks about the Stro one. Nobody talks about it. Not enough people, man. Stro's a, a slept-on legend. Like, the people that know Stro love Stro. And the people that have never heard of him, they mention Link, and they're like, okay, who's this nobody? But you meet Stro, and he's one of the nicest, biggest dudes of all time. Like, he's he a dude bro to the fullest, but he is a Link player. And you will know he is a Link player very quickly. I need to talk to Stro then at some point. Just put it on the list. I've I've talked to I talked to Johnny Gamble, so he'll hopefully oh, he'll I know be able him. to. I, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one more thing before we get started for for you all, for me, we're each doing the Patreon thing. I just want to give a shout out to the lovely folks at Patreon.com/slash/BSMPod. Drew, tell the people where they can find your Patreon for the Baker's Dozen podcast. We're very close to that. Patreon.com slash the Baker's Dozen is right there. It's right over there. Right there. <laughs> Go click on it. It's right next to the BSM pod. Yes. So <laughs> what you can do is you can click on the, the link in the description below. That's what you do. In the podcast, whether you're on the YouTube I've made it super easy for you, trust me. I always got the links ready to go, you guys. I always got it ready to go. Eventually, all this stuff's going to be in your head anyway, so just wink twice, and it'll bring you to BSM Pod. Wink twice with your other eye, and it'll bring you to the Baker's Dozen one. You know, it, it really is just going to work out that way. Metaverse is on the way. We all know it. <laughs> and I know that I keep bearing the lead. This is going to be titled something to the effect of Summit 12 Recap. We've been talking for about 10 minutes already, and I still haven't gotten into it. But before... <laughs> Before we get to that, I'm thinking about this whole monetization thing, right? I hesitated on doing that for a while. I only rolled it out a month and a half ago, the Patreon thing, because at first I didn't want to get tied to the idea of, I want to do this specifically for money. And then I thought to myself, people support in all kinds of different ways. Nobody's going to listen to every single episode except for a few people. No one's going to want to financially support except for a few people. And if they want to support me, specifically financially and just ignore <laughs> half the stuff that I put out that if that's how they want to show the love, then maybe I should just open the window, you know, open the wallet, yeah. if you will. And yeah. aside from that, I also thought it'll motivate me to get more involved because that's what I've wanted to do. I use this podcast as sort of a way to say to myself, don't shrink back, go to more than just one tournament, have more than just one high profile quote unquote guest or do more because that's what you've wanted to do. You've always just shied away. That's my story. I've always backed away from, from Melee because I thought it's not for me, super imposter syndrome thing and I'm tearing it down brick by brick. But the Patreon thing's kind of helping me push into more of it and I'm thinking about trying to travel to big regionals or oh, locals nice. like the nightclub that kind of stuff in 2022 mm -hmm. so that's gonna help me get there yeah 
That's awesome. And one of the things, especially on the, the surface level, people like it's so hard to get into Melee because of the tech or this and that kind of thing. And especially a lot of times something will, someone will come out at like Toph's doing content, but like Toph was known for this or that. And for you to go, hey, this is my product. This is my content. And then get so many people, so many notable people to come in. They're coming in for the content and you're getting them in like that. And that's like a huge prop because I feel like there's not many people that I just come up seemingly like out of nowhere and then are providing like a good consistent product like you are. Appreciate it. But Dan, I wanted to give you a shout out because you sort of grandfathered this whole process. And I give credits to the Wannabes podcast. JD and Wasabi very much inspired me to start all this. But I know that you with the original podcast that you had for a while there, the I want to say the Baker's podcast. That's not it. The Bakery, excuse me. I've listened to a few of those episodes and and hearing you talk now, I still, I know that you like to <laughs> lean into the pessimism side of things occasionally, but I still hear that optimism coming through. I want to give you a compliment in that and also to say I I love the fact that there was a precursor to me that I didn't necessarily know about when I got started, but then I was able to look back and and see, oh, this is why some people will just sort of act like, this is a normal thing to be asked to go on podcasts because you were asking a lot of people on got a lot of nice cool guests you know one day i'll leak my dms on accident but like i <laughs> swear to god there's so there's a lot i want to address with that one it, i appreciate the the acknowledgement of a little bit more optimism when i when i would when i came on jd's uh 1v1 podcast thing uh, I mean, I was much, I was definitely much more in like a darker place. I had just moved down to Virginia and like a lot of things were kind of like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, like what's going on here. But at that time, I definitely was probably more pessimistic than, than I am now. And I'm noticing that too. And so I'm glad to see that more. I definitely try to just kind of enjoy myself and like have fun on nights like this when drew and i do our podcast normally you know it is a good way of having like an outlet and funny enough as you're mentioning to me you know you you listen to the bakery beforehand um yeah one of the one of the primary quotes that i said during that podcast with jd was like there's there's really no there shouldn't be a reason to hold yourself back from things that you are completely capable of doing. If you have a microphone and you want to talk into it about Lego Star Wars for an hour, go do it. If you want to sit down in in your living room and draw some art of some really cool glitchy art of GameCube controllers because you think that's cool, make a living out of it. Like you have the opportunities and they're always going to be there and I think like I've tried to continue to somewhat motivate myself with that and that was a big reason that i pushed for drew and i to even start our podcast up here was because i was like man i i see so many people f like because i'm definitely not a forerunner by any means i had a decently consistent podcast where on the topic of trying to contact guests it was ridiculous the amount of people i messaged at least four to five different smashers every week to hope that one of them would respond and if not even one of them responded that's probably one of the episodes where you see like me and probably like a homie or something like when i interviewed wild or when i interviewed probably like long island friends or whatever the heck like things like that were it's not that i didn't want to interview them because like i always want to put the homies on the pedestals too I'm, we went so far as to 
get my boy Drew here. <laughs> Drew and I, we talked about this on our podcast too, where he always told me, he's like, I want to get famous enough one day to come on your <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that was the goal. I wanted to do well enough on a thing to like warrant being on the bakery. But like, now hey. it's just like, forget that. We make our own show out of it. And and at the end of the day, like Smashers, I'm sure you're you're used to it by now, but Smashers are terrible with communication. Uh, so a lot of the time things are just going to fly over their head because they don't check their DMS. Cause half the time it's someone like unknown Falco 420 asking, Hey, why is peach so good? How do me beat? Like they're not going to waste their time on it, but every now and again, you get like, you get someone really good and, uh, and, and it, it helps. I would say it reignites the flame of like, I'm so glad I'm doing this again. Um, I'm so excited to to go talk for an hour and a half or something like that. Tell me if this sounds familiar. I reach out to somebody. They don't respond. I wait a week or two because I'm not going to just spam it. So I try again. They respond. We start talking about dates and I go, oh boy. And then a couple of weeks go by. Not things really been settled. We finally pick a date. The day gets closer. I reach out to confirm. They say, no, it's not going to happen on this day. Let's reschedule. So then we circle around some more dates. About a month or two has gone by now. Then we find a date, another date. Okay, here we go. And then the day before I confirm, they say, oh, wait, yep. Yes. Yes. Like yeah. 15 minutes before they're like, yes, actually, yes, I can do this. And then they make you wait an hour and then you get started. Fun fact before, well, yeah. Fun fact before Ludwig <laughs> blew up to the, the mogul God he is when I had him on the bakery and this is no shade to Ludwig. I mean, I don't know if he'll ever hear this or not, but like no shade to him, still love him, still respect him, whatnot. But when I interviewed him that day, he woke up probably five or 10 minutes before we started recording he was apparently shirtless and in pajamas and did not help do a mic check at all. Just joined and said like, all right, yeah, I think I'm ready to go. I'm like, okay, are we going to turn on webcams here and get that going? He goes, I'm not wearing clothes. I'd rather we just start. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, man, I guess we're into it. Like smashers know that they're not good at communicating. Um, but I think it's just fun to make sure that we constantly keep them in check about that. So <laughs> if you don't want to be known for that, uh, maybe stop and like respond <laughs> to messages. It's really not that hard. It, it's only hard when there's a thousand of them. To Ludwig's story, by the way, that's fair. Wouldn't be offended to hear that at all because literally his roommates, the people that he's closest to, can't get a hold <laughs> yeah. of him when it matters most. That you hear that yeah. all the time on the yard. It's so funny. It's so funny, dude. It is quite the the scenario. I know when we talked to Envy, he was just like. I don't know that that house is a madhouse, but it's also just been like a fun experience too. And like, you know, seeing the, you always want to see the homies prosper, you know? Oh, and I think that was something I wanted to mention about like the podcast or the Patreon ideas. Yes. You, you're not streaming. You're not streaming. Uh, what do 90% of like big streamers receive subs? How do they get those subs? Gifting is like the easiest thing now. So half the subs that like big Twitch streamers get are all from gifts. So why not have a Patreon and just have like some some homies, you know, tell a friend of a friend, gift, go for a higher tier. You know, it, it supports the pals. So all the more reason you got to you got to go for it in this in this beautiful 
capitalist world we live in. You gotta go for it, you know? Yes, you have to you have to hate capitalism but also embrace it because you <laughs> exactly. do the Patreon thing, people start subscribing and you're not giving half of it away to Twitch and you go, Oh, this is okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Patreon cool. takes a lower cut. Yeah. I think it's definitely more worth it. And it's more fun. I get to I get to design the content for the Patreon. Drew and I again exclusives for ours, not to overshell, but like we make we've made our exclusive content. I know you have the extra audios, which if y'all want to hear some of the baloney we were talking about before this, make sure you sub to BSM Pod. But like we make our exclusive content too, and it's like I love getting to do that because I love video editing and I know Drew started to do a lot too. So it's like, we both just start combining things that we love doing and just put it on the, the Patreon. And it's like, if people that are subscribed and they enjoy the content that we're making, boom, you just get that extra bit that like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not streaming that. I'm not really going to, I don't know how to stream a video I edited, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why the Patreon is so cool. Exactly. It gives you a lot of different ways to actually provide a little bit of extra value, a little bit of an incentive to get people to open up a little bit if they have the extra cash laying around and it's all, mm -hmm. it's all fine and well. We have been able to shell. Now let's start talking about the meat and bones of this operation. Smash Summit 12 happened this past weekend. It was amazing. I think that the first tempting thing for a lot of people looking in the person who's more of a casual, if you will, the, the, the plebs of the world would say, oh, this is not as exciting looking. You know, it's, we've, we've had one already this year and Mango won and it was really huge and there's such a big prize pool and this, that, and the third one. Plub's not there, but this turned out to be a really exciting event. I didn't have those kind of thoughts about Smash Summit 12, by the way, just to dispel all of those. <laughs> it, there were a lot of exciting storylines going into the event. Oh, yeah. And I think that... The, the something that the Smash World Tour is a gift and a curse is how it follows up immediately after Summit 12. I think that influenced a few different players who might have tried to campaign to get in or otherwise said, you know what, I'm just going to kick a field goal, if you will. And that opens the door for players like Tyler Swift, like Sora, like Free Palestine and Null to get voted in, campaign and get voted in and be able to show their skill to a much bigger audience. I mean, everybody knows knows Shuey now because of yeah. watching grown men drink out of ugh, drink out of shoes. <laughs> Unbelievable. But now everybody does. Talladega. <laughs> and it's cool because Sora was there and is able to just be like, let's just put an Aussie spin on this. So shout out to Sora. Shout out to all the people who got voted in and and then the players who were who qualified in main stage was super fun to watch because of that reason. And then Summit 12, an amazing thing. But let's start with you, Drew. Overall thoughts about the event. It was it was great. There was a lot of like it was very unexpected. A lot of times uh, tournaments would have come to form and top eight was a complete shock who won was a complete shock but one thing i want to mention is that everyone won a set somewhere in the summit which is really cool because a lot of people either get voted in or they make it in and there's a whole bunch of haters out there that go oh you only got in because of this you can't hang you can't do this and the i remember the first time this would happen someone just like didn't they like didn't win a game or a set, and I was like, that stinks. But I think every every single player that was in attendance took at least one set this weekend. Yes. Yeah. There's no there's no feeling of, oh wait, could I really not hang with these people? 
And I think that's like a nice, like wholesome aspect to this whole big, like prestigious event. I'll turn it over to you, Dan. No, I, I mean, I completely agree with Drew here. Um, fun, fun little story anecdote before I really get too into it. Um, as we've all kind of said, like we have busy working schedules and whatnot. I actually messaged Drew because he's just he is my go to man for like almost <laughs> anything now. And I message him and I'm like, Drew, I'm about to go to sleep. It is like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night uh, because I got to be up at like three, three thirty in the morning. I am not about to see top eight at all as it's live. Can you please send me the VOD without like any timestamps or anything? I'm just going to watch the 12 hour VOD like over the span of a day or two so I can be caught up on what happened. And he's like, you know what? I too am not going to be awake <laughs> by the time this finishes. Grands is going to end probably by like midnight, 1 a.m. I can't, but I'm going to send you the VOD anyway right now. Just don't open it until until tomorrow. And I was like, that's my man's. So he he sent me that. I rewatched the entire thing, um, and I can't agree more. This was an incredible summit in my mind. Um, I haven't seen many people honestly uh, pooping on this one all that much. The most I've seen is character diversity like uh, complaints, where it's just a bunch of spaces, a bunch of uh, like a couple marts and a sheik and a Pikachu. Like, that was really it, whereas on a lot of these other ones, there is a little bit more diversity where, like, M2K would play Marth, Sheik, Fox, Plup, Fox, Sheik. Um, Captain Falcons. Captain Falcon. Oh, yeah, I guess there was... Yeah, there was just one. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, and which, I mean, again, I want to... God, Wizzy, well. God, Wizzy boy. made me so happy. This <laughs> this one, I swear, I don't I don't know what it was. Wizzy made me so happy this time because he went for so many more reads. He went for so many more reads this time playing against foxes, and it made me so happy to see because all the time he just does these these tech chases that I can't do because he's a robot and I'm not. But like, it was incredible. Um, but not to like over fixate on that. I thought it was a great tournament. I, I really did. And, uh, you know, without spoiling yet, biggest congrats to the winner. That was insane. Yeah. We're going to treat this more as a chronological thing, but drew, what were you going to say there? I, I liked, I mean the, yeah, there was a lot of foxes and Falcos, but I mean, some of the other people were making waves. Obviously hungry box <laughs> had exciting sets. Um, Tyler Swift brought left in the game five. He was up. And uh, Mango. Yeah, and, and Mango. Mango. Mango yeah. to game five, too. So to see, you know, I mean, even to see Axe bring them to game five is like interesting. To see another pop, or another Pikachu come in here and play that well was awesome. Super Amsa amazing. Looked, Amsa looked like one of the scariest people in the room. I thought Amsa was winning it because I had the smallest, like uh, the smallest spoiler going on Twitter the the next day on accident, and all I saw was a was a selfie of Amsa, and the quote was "I did it," and I was like, "No, <laughs> no way! Did Amsa win it?" And well, spoiler, no. no. But I mean, I I know what he was Boy, referring to. Three owed H box, right? Three owed. Yeah. Um, but also on top of that, just a funny thing before you keep going. Did you hear what Leffen said after he, he did beat Tyler Swift, though? <laughs> yes, <laughs> he I walked, did hear. 
he walks over to the mic and he goes, that was for Silent Wolf. Because he, what, did he force stock him? <laughs> yeah, he force stocked he yeah. stock Tyler Swift on uh, FOD. He, he just like, walks past and goes, that was for like Silent 40% Wolf. like 40% or something. That yeah. was that, that was an insanely that was, dominant that was game. That was like very, very close. And then we got to game five and Leffen's like, wait a minute. I know how to do this. <laughs> he really, and he woke up. The Sharing like gone. one hit in the first two stocks. And it's like, oh, okay. This is Leffen. He's back. It reminded me a little bit of the of the IBDW Leffen set. Okay. Before we get too terribly far, what were your thoughts on the lack of a true doubles event? BTS has not really done that for their summit events recently. And as per usual, any time that there's no doubles bracket at any kind of event that's, you know, on a bigger regional or national scale, there's at least four or five Twitter users. And then they get, quote, retweeted a bunch of just complaining about how there's no doubles yeah. bracket. And I, I I understand the love of doubles more. This very past weekend on Saturday, I got to play my first full doubles session and it was so much fun. And I immediately so understood fun, right? everything, but it is hard <laughs> to watch. And and something that Aiden said to respond to all of the, hey, where's doubles at Summit 12, was basically saying, hey, look, it's not as viewed, it's not as viewed of an event as the fun gimmicky brackets are where we we're doing wheel bullshit or we're doing crew battles with like old stages and this, that, and the third. We, 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 can't, we can't ignore the fact that when doubles is on, less people are watching because it's still, mm-hmm. it's still, that's still yeah. something that matters to us. Yeah, um, I'm a Drew. I'm a you double, start with this. I'm I'm a doubles lover. I yep. love doubles. Um, I think well, there's less. I mean, even at majors, there's less spotlight on doubles. Mm-hmm. I think it's there was. But I think there was an era when like when like Armada was playing and Team UGS and Pewfat were a thing. I think there was a lot more doubles focus just everywhere. Shroom Death 2J too. Don't ever forget them. They were great. But even now, like I look at like I'm just looking at like top eight and like top sixteen, and I'm like, none of these I know I don't think about like any of these people doing teams besides like S Fat. Yeah. And then Hungry Box. And it's like Maybe Mango I, for the for the shits and gigs, but yeah. like I think unfortunately I love doubles, but I think it is it's starting to like I don't want to say phase out, but it is it is definitely not as appreciated and liked as much as it was. I'm I'm right there with Drew. I I originally as a as a competitor didn't like doubles as much because I could barely handle singles, and so trying to it's very similar to the spectator realm where I can't. I can't grasp what is happening. Like there's so much on screen at one time. How am I supposed to focus on it unless one character is just getting back and forth comboed like like they're a hacky sack? Like <laughs> you 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 really can't as a spectator when it's your maybe your first time viewing. But this is why a part of me started to love it and why a part of me is so upset that yeah. truthfully I'm I'm right there with Aiden who who was tweeting that out because I think it is bull. I think it's some bullshit. Like when it is a smash specific event, I think there definitely should be some form of doubles because people aren't going to get better at spectating it unless they are subject to it. Unless you are put in a position to watch it. Like, yeah, you might not want to, and maybe you just won't watch it, 
but I can almost guarantee you're going to pull more double heads than a wheel of bullshit fan. I'm not saying you shouldn't do both, but maybe some of these extra events could maybe go and squeeze in a doubles bracket. Like, yeah, I agree with Drew too, where like some of these, these guys that were there on singles, like they're probably not even going to team very well together. Like, I don't, I don't even know like what H box and like Tyler Swift, that could be kind of a sick team though. Um, Mango Leffen, who, when was the last time we saw them team? What the Fox? Like, I don't know, man. I think it could be sick to see these top level guys team again. And teams is really sick once you get more accustomed to to the spectating. I'm, I'm going to put this out there. I'm a very humble player who's not achieved much. I'm nasty True. at doubles. <laughs> I'm nasty at doubles. He I is. Don't, I, don't, I don't like, I really don't like up my play a lot in singles. I'm so much better of a doubles player than a singles player. Shouts to the you and pig, you and pig, the the duo that, boys. That, that was, was sick. good. I like I like team with someone that I've never teamed with, and like I'll get like we'll get like second at a regional or something, and just like go ham. Like me and Doc Lobster never teamed oh, yeah. before, and we like almost won a giga hog. I love doubles, but it's just it just doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. I think part of guys. part of this it's, this whole puzzle piece as well is if we were talking about singles and there were not a lot of people watching singles anymore, which is unthinkable. But one of the things we would be saying is, where's the top heavy part of the competition? Sure, there's a lot of people who love playing doubles and are really good at playing doubles, but then you could you can mash top player with top player and maybe that'll go fine. But when you have like static teams that are also really good top players like PewFat, like Team UGS, when they're not there anymore, I think that hurts the most for, for the per, from the perspective of a spectator because oh, sure. you're, you're looking for those big names. And if they're not there anymore, that's probably a big deal. And I've, if we have people like Tempo and Run Riot, who's an up, up and coming double team, if we could that. get those kind yep. of teams that are static, that are, even if they're not, they don't have to necessarily be a top singles player to have an impressive double side of what they're doing and be able to make names make waves they need the opportunity to do that of course as well like you were saying but i i really i really want to see a few a few top static teams sort of start to come up in the future but it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen for a little while and without without okay so it there were doubles at main stage, but then one of the problems with main stage was the schedule and it kept all the players up until midnight past midnight. If you wanted to watch and play in grand finals on the East coast side of things. And for all the East coast players who traveled out to California to play in that event, of course they were all like, Oh my gosh, it's so late. Blah, blah, blah. So it's tough because they don't put it on championship Sunday, obviously. And who's going to watch melee on a Friday night for more than an hour, maybe because doubles brackets can last just as long as singles brackets. If you, (laughs) if you schedule it right, right, it certainly will. So it is challenging, but for summit, I was okay with all the events that happened that were like the, um, the gimmicky ones or the side events. I, I think that trying to, do events like basketball and mini golf. I, I prefer the basketball, if I'm being honest, because I love seeing them miss so many free throws in a row and mm. just seeing smashers try to do athletic things. But you can tell that they were thinking, uh, we kind of had a lot of injuries on like 
especially the the obstacle course last time. Cody got he destroyed did. by the obstacle. Yeah, <laughs> Mans was Mans was flat on the ground. Maybe that's what he needed. He needed some some exercise at a summit in order to win the next one. You know, well, we don't know, but I like I like all the stuff that they did. I mean, how, where else are you gonna get Ginger? <laughs> Getting that down throw to the Clefairy combo on Pip Squeak. Oh my God! That yeah. was so awesome. And then Wizrob Tech chasing Leffen while Leffen had the the Is cloak. It visible? I saw that clip. <laughs> <laughs> that is that was actually a really sick clip. I I don't know how he did that. IBDW just... said on stream today. IBDW said that he went back and watched it, and he saw that Leffen actually hit one of the eggs on the stage, that caused him to like cause oh, Fox to fly a little bit further away. He said, actually, Wizzy would have had that grab for the second tech chase grab, but it, <laughs> he just flew a little bit further than he was supposed to because of the items on the stage. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding Wizzy, me. Wizzy's Cheating, dude. Wizzy's cheating. Someone check his controller for Arduinos. This is ridiculous. Oh, that's so funny. Oh my so it produces moments like that, which are very, very cool as well. But I mean, every time I see like Justice from Texas putting out some crazy doubles play, I mean, it just it does the same thing as seeing a Clefairy <laughs> shenanigans mm -hmm. or tech chasing invincible. So like it does the same thing for me. So I, I'd want to see summit try doubles maybe perhaps when there's a little bit more of a of a duo to kind of say hey they're going to be here at this summit and who's going to take them down that really adds a storyline that people yeah. just are more interested in even if you do just literally just top four we're only need mm -hmm. we only need eight people we only need four teams let's just do this in two hours and call it a day for a yeah. short little top four kind of a side bracket yeah. Maybe that or even just like a little bit of a starting earlier. They start at like 12, if not one on most of these days. Because again, I, I want to reemphasize that like some of these these little side bracket things like, yeah, they're, they're funny. Like they are really funny. The the mafia games are fun. The the little starting bracket stuff, the crew battles, all that. Like, that's fun. I'm not I'm not a fun hater. Right. I'm not a I'm not an <laughs> anti wave cheater or L fun canceler. Like, no, I'm not I'm not any of that. But like, I do think doubles is a pretty it is a pretty core component of a lot of history within Melee, too. You look back on some of the biggest tournaments that ever happened for Melee and especially more towards the origin stories, if if you talk to, or not even talk to, if you watch uh, like the documentary, one of the biggest tournaments for, for changing Melee history was, uh, what was it? Oh my God, the one that, that chillin' dude ended up running when he was only like 13 or, or 14. Um, and the, one of the biggest things about that was Ken and Isaiah coming out all the way from California I mean, of course, to show that, like, Ken is the best and that Isaiah is his right-hand man, just ready to go. But they swept doubles in the most insane way because no one at that time was really playing it. And that kind of helped jumpstart a lot of it. Then you look at a bunch or game over. That's what it was. Yes. Game over had the most insane doubles run there for these guys. Just pretty much. I'm pretty sure three owed everyone, even like as an Anandan at that time. So it's like doubles has a major history within the community that i guess i just hope as summit is now becoming probably one of the biggest names for melee tournaments 
I would just like to see some doubles. Maybe, maybe if it's even early in the morning, open open the the start of stream two hours earlier. Maybe I don't know. I guess I also don't know the time difference. Maybe all the way out in California, because now that I'm saying that, it was 10 a.m. for me. I'm East Coast or 12 p.m. for me. I'm East Coast. It's 9 a.m. So in California. Sure. Yeah. So maybe, maybe not. Uh, so maybe, yeah, let's cancel Wheel of Bullshit just once. Come on. Do we need to play Mafia every night? I'll say it. I'll That's say okay. it. I, th- I, I've never, I've never watched Mafia once. Me neither. I don't even they're, know how to, they're pl- killing I don't know how to play Mafia. Okay. Well, that's a problem, but I've never, that watched. Is, that's I, not I, I love okay. playing Mafia. I, I don't really want to watch it though. <laughs> you know, maybe some pi- uh, Patreon exclusive content. We're going to get a huge group of smashers together, to play online Mafia. Who knows? Shout outs to my boy Shab though, on the hardest vid call of his life on Mango. That was if you guys haven't seen that clip, I'll I'll share it with you later. But shout out to the homie Shab, I love that. Did you guys have a favorite a favorite like a skit? Oh yeah, the skits were fun. I I just really liked the Mikey traveling back in time because yeah. at that very moment I was watching Top Eight with my lovely wife Jen, and when he starts talking about how the game just tears you apart <laughs> and you have to learn you have to learn you don't matter, she's laughing. She because she's like. <laughs> She kind of gets everything in Melee just a little bit. So she got it just enough to think it was funny, and I thought it was hilarious. Mikey did a great yeah. job with that skit as well. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the one with Vish, right? Vish, Where, yeah, yeah. In the video store. yeah, that was Travels so back in good. time just to do Uppy with Link. <laughs> Tournament's canceled. Tournament's <laughs> canceled. Did you watch any of them, Drew, or were you? Yeah, I like... I think my favorite was the happy birthday melee, but I do want to give a nod to the mango and shab. Yes. Because the original mango and shab that was, is, so good. was one of my all time favorite skits. And this was actually the last one that um, Envy directed. Yeah. Yep. And then he's, he's now out uh, um, beyond the summit. Now he's just doing like mobile merch stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was the last one he did. And to, like call back to that mango and chab is it really was cool. so good. Shout outs to Noel for winning the Tesla. <laughs> winning the Tesla. <laughs> so funny. Shab bet all his money and then the Tesla. What happened to it? I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> We're not going to talk about anything. It's gone, Mango. Don't stop it. Just stop. And happy shit. birthday, happy birthday melee was really, really fun to watch as well. I, I love that they had Zane. IDW, Hungerbox, and oh my gosh, Oscar, excuse Lovage. me, Lovage. Oscar. Yeah. That they somehow got all of them and were able to take up. I mean, it had to have been. I mean, I saw the bloopers that they released. This must have taken like at least three hours, like just to do a two minute <laughs> skit. You know, the that's that's what makes a good skit, though, is when you have a lot of bloopers because you know you're making some funny shit. Like that's that's it right there. If you guys can't hold it together, like you look at movies too. My favorite thing to ever look at is like Toy Story bloopers. They didn't have to do those. <laughs> it's an animated movie. You didn't have to do that. I love that they did those. Shout outs. Shout outs. Yeah, shout outs to Pixar, all the people who will unfortunately <laughs> never listen to Summit Twelve. Friends of the show. Call them friends of the show. Anyone there, friends of the show. <laughs> They're a friend of the show when they come on my podcast. Okay. You can call them friends of the show on the Baker's Dozen. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> listen, we're chasing checks in different ways, but that's okay. <laughs> I wanted to yes, move on from Friday to Saturday when we start with pools. There was there was a 
I th- I think a good mix of, of players in each in each little you know four player pool, and I can't pull them all off the top of my head, which is what I have my phone for. But this is the part of the tournament where I didn't really catch a whole lot because Saturdays are well Saturdays and Sundays are busy for me. But I knew that I was going to be like doing this with my phone the whole time. I'd be holding it and looking down, parent, or be a husband. Then look down yeah. at my phone and be like, oh, okay. I knew I was going to do that a lot on Sunday, so I didn't catch as many matches on Saturday. But that being said, what I liked hearing over the internet waves was how all the Vodans in particular were showing their stuff really well, even if they weren't all necessarily taking every set they were playing against uh, qualified players or invited players, however you want to phrase it, that it wasn't just like, how do I say this as nice as possible? Just, you know, just sort of, taking advantage of the campaign voting process they're actually showing actual real skill in melee hang, yeah. mm-hmm. that they can hang yes exactly right yeah yeah sora i watched sora play for the first time sword Sora's like that's like the way i look at melee like crazy aggression and speed with fox but like such a sick defensive game I can, like, I can attest to him on this. That's <laughs> that's pain. that's how I that's how I play. And people who play me, I was like watching him because when I watch like top foxes, I just like imagine it's me and I'm like, oh, what would I do? Oh, why did they do that? Oh, they're smarter. That's why they did it. But I like watch him and I'm like, this makes sense. That's what I would go for. And that I was watching him. I was like, oh, my goodness. I like wanted to get more of him in the bracket so I could like watch more sets of it. Mm-hmm. But that was someone who I like barely even knew and like got absolute joy out of watching him this weekend it's part of that exposure quotient uh how about for you dan on the second day what do you remember seeing or something that was the highlight for you big same uh i had never heard of sora in my life uh and i i am deeply regretting that because i would have bet all my points on him uh in so many more cases but instead i lost channel points because i had never heard of this guy um (laughs) incredible not just not just in the game but also just like oh my god one of the nicest people i don't know how much you guys even just listen to him on commentary but like such a sweet person, like just an overall good sounding guy cracking fun jokes and stuff and making fun references to things that I'd never even thought of before. Like, I don't know. He, he was incredible to watch as a player. I'll fanboy over him. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> Tyler Swift did Pikachu proud. I would say the way he, he was able to play out uh, a lot of things. Um, for example, like when he, what did he do? He played against, I need to try and find it again here, but I know when he played against, um, what was it? He, he kept like close games with pretty much everyone in his pool. Pretty much. Um, he took a game from H box again, even though we've seen him beat him. Um, he took it to game five versus pipsqueak. Um, I mean, Tyler was just someone that like originally I kind of expected to pull a bit of like the I got voted in and I'm a I'm a really good I'm a really good player but like Summit is a different league so I'm, I'm probably going to choke out a bit and he didn't he he showed that Pikachu is there to stun and and it did really well um and then Magi I think those are the three that really stood out to me what's that 
she did really really well she did incredible yep um fantastic so so good with the with the shine pressure with the uh with the laser approaches a lot of great mix-ups and uh just her combo game was just looking so uh, so mango-esque and i was like (laughs) damn this is this is awesome to see because I hadn't kept up with how she'd been playing in, in the slightest. Best upbeat kills in the league. And best upbeat kills. She kicked those puppies, whatever people were spamming. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. The chat was like spamming something about that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it was out of control. Uh, I really wasn't expecting that. And that's more on me. Uh, I know that she's been grinding or whatever. She did that subathon to even get in. Um, so a lot really of her cool. play, I was just, yeah, I was just super impressed. That was, that was some sick Falco to watch. Cause normally as a Falco player, I know that we're lame as hell. So it was sick to see someone push the character further. I loved it. So I knew a little bit about Sora only because a, a friend of the show, Garfield is a puff player from oh, Australia that I've had on the podcast. And the first thing that Garfield was talking to me about when we were talking about players is like how Sora and Sock in, in particular, two players that are going to come over and they both did. They played in Vertigo leading up to Summit and and then I think they're both going to be at Genesis. I know that Sora is definitely going to be at Genesis. Eight. We're going to get to see a lot of Sora in the near future, which is fantastic because after this weekend... It's going to be... We want to. Like, yeah. We, yeah, we all want that. And then I knew that Tyler Swift had a good chance because at a recent nightclub, this might have been three weeks ago already, but Tyler Swift pushed Aklo to the brink. And Aklo mm-hmm. is an insane Fox player. Absolutely mm-hmm. insane. And was at the previous summit, for those who weren't keeping track, Aklo was at Summit 11. You know, not the best showing per, forever and ever, but is a very, very good player, can take games off of anybody. And so Tyler Swift going game 10, I think, for for the uh, for the nightclub that was about three or so weeks ago, super awesome event in New York City, shouts to Ryobead and everybody else that helps that tournament go. If, if, if Tyler Swift can keep it close with Aklo, I think Tyler Swift can keep it close with anybody, and he proved that this weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think he's more than shown what he's capable of. And uh, I mean, I mean, everyone really did. Right. Like, I don't I don't want to throw shade anywhere like Free Palestine even did amazing. Um, Another player that I was familiar with, but never really watched a lot of his play. Very good. Very, very good play to to see out of him. He he knows he's got things to work on. Every single person that was there does. You know, I don't think anyone walked away without stuff to take away. I, I unfortunately know no because he knocked me out of shine twenty. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I got I got owned by SoCal and drowned in pools. Uh, I was I was not happy, but yeah. the the two the better players won the sets. But it hurt. It was like Ringler into null, so I was just like destroyed by SoCal. Combo, yeah. You got the the SoCal SoCal smack down there. But you know, like what they say, and this was a Gatsu tweet from years ago. You want anyone who beats you, you want to see them do well because then their stock goes up. Yes. Yeah, I lost to Null before he was a random SoCal Fox, and then he was like random SoCal Fox that was like buddies with Mango, and now he like went Mango's to Summit. Mango's friend, yeah. Yeah, so now yep. he like went to Summit. So I'm like, oh, that's like pretty cool. So I'm like hanging out with those guys, right? <laughs> can I, can I yeah. say that? Can I say that? Friends of the show. He's a friend of the show. <laughs> friend of Summit. <laughs> I really want to see you get. I want to see you two get a flavor of the month with Null and just talk about that shine bracket. 
No, give him my DM. Un 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 unfortunately, it'll be a quick conversation. <laughs> Why? Because Noel will be like, I don't even know who you are. There, there, won't, there, won't, be much to, there won't be much to say. It was, it was, it was, it was a while ago now. Shine. A while ago, and he, he was, I got kind of run over. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it, happens, it happens, man. It happens, it happens. He's not a music teacher, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're making moves in the educational world. You're going to be raising the next generation of musicians despite all the what? challenges of being in the school system. So good for you, Drew. Let's go. Let's go, Drew. Hype up, my boy. I, I want to, like, also just for people, for when we, we started rep recording this podcast, I, like, got home, I messaged them on Discord, and was instantly, like, in a suit because I was at a concert in my district. I was in, like, a full suit. Like, I was going to be one minute. And Man's is dedicated more than y'all will ever know. <laughs> I felt like I wasn't trying to rush you super hard though. Drew. No, you weren't, you weren't rushing me at all. <laughs> You're fine. So I was more... just like, I was just like, oh my goodness, I got I have this thing to do. I want to go get going. <laughs> he overbooks himself on purpose. He knows that this is going to cause a bit of rushing, <laughs> and he goes, "I'm with it. I gotta do it." He wants to be able to say he played it nice. That's his. Oh, yeah. That's his thing. I mean, I, I mean, I played it nice. You'll, 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 <laughs> you, you, who cares about sleep? No. Okay. So now we get into, now we get into Sunday. Now you both were saying that watching the final eight, the top eight bracket in particular, was going to be a bit of a challenge for me. I bit the bullet. I got less than four hours of sleep. I was miserable yesterday, but <laughs> I got well done. Well done. Six and a half hours I of sleep last night, so I feel better now. Okay. There you go. I I fell asleep right before winners finals, and I was like, "Dane IBDW winners finals." We know how that's gonna go. I was like, "I'll <laughs> watch it in the morning." I'm, I'm I was like, "I'll watch it in the morning." I won't look at Twitter. Uh, and I'm looking. And I was like, does this cool thing, and that even if a set goes really quickly, they add filter time. Yeah, they add like ten set. or so minutes. Yeah. So yep. that way you can't go no from things. So I'm like, all right, I'm watching. And I'm like, all right, Cody lost. He's bringing him to FD. And I'm like, wait a minute. He won the game. Yeah, he S-fatted mm. him. He and S I'm sitting there him. and I'm like. He S-fatted him and dead better. I'm like, I'm like yeah. is, is Cody going to win the set? And then I'm like, so I watched Winners Finals. I'm freaking out that Cody won. And I'm like, I have to go to work. <laughs> I can't even watch the rest. <laughs> So I go to work and I'm like teaching like clarinet lessons Monday morning. Thinking and I'm, of IBW. All I'm thinking about is, oh my God, it's what's happening in Loser's Final. I'd be doing clarinet lessons. <laughs> it's just more of, I, I picture you, Drew, teaching in clarinet lessons, whatever, whatever. And somebody asks you a question and you just go, Loser's Finals, man. I mean, wait, what? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do this. I mean, you I, could I kind let, of let's, let's counterpick to lesson four. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you have to give somebody a D, and you go, "That's okay. It's part of IBDW's tag." Yeah, it. It's part of the process. All right, come on, Cody. I mean, uh, Sean. <laughs> you know how long it takes. You know how long it takes to graduate fifth grade. It takes like six or seven years to get to the top. I mean, no, it doesn't take that long. Not in, not in school. Just in melee. Ah. School. School. You got a GameCube controller, kid. Tweaking. Uh, no, even even before that, um, I would say the biggest thing going into top eight was Amsa. Amsa, yeah. we already talked about him destroying Hungrybox, and I was I was in a Discord call. Co Cody knows how to fight Yoshi. 
he that's a matchup especially against lower tiered characters i think one of cody's best attributes as a player is being able to exploit those weaknesses and they're like oh amsa's looking so good i was like cody's gonna cody's gonna know what to do he had the whiskers practice for for so long long. shout outs to whiskers Always, always love that guy. He took me out of out of bracket in one of the Long Island tournaments I went to. I was so sad, but <laughs> he's insane. I think he won a nightclub recently too. Yeah, I think he's won one or two, and hopefully we'll get to see Whiskers at some point. Uh, this, uh, I mean, the function too. This is going to be a huge tournament in the uh, beginning yeah. of January here. Anyway, anyway. But uh... with with Amsa, everybody was sort of looking at the bracket and going, Amsa can really win this tournament. So. To start off in winners, Amsa goes up against Hungrybox in winners quarterfinal, and Amsa destroys Hungrybox 3-0. It was not close. Mm-hmm. Hungrybox looks so just lost. just looked well, yeah, lost, and he looked like online Hungrybox in the sense that he's like, uh, you know what, uh, you know what, okay, yeah, I'm done. Like I'm just done, and I yeah. hate seeing that Hungrybox. I love Hungrybox's play when he's playing like. Evo 2016 Hungrybox or GTX 2017 Hungrybox. I, I love that one where he's playing with that fire and that will to win, but I haven't seen really much of that since... Okay, well, there was that one set with Main Stage where he, like, destroyed Kadoran, Destroyed Kadoran, and that was like, oh my gosh, it's he's back. Or when he does the reverse 6-0 on Aklo at the Gallant Melee Open Fall Edition yeah. the weekend leading up to Summon, I go, maybe, maybe, and I was starting to get excited, and then, well, yeah, Hungerbox loses to Amsa, then he kind of graciously leaves the tournament after losing to Leff, and it do be that way sometimes. But now Amsa moves on to play against IBDW in winter semis. And this is the one, like you were saying, Drew, where you're going, IBDW's got this. And as soon as IBDW beat AMSA 3-1 pretty convincingly, I'm saying to myself, IBDW, if he can take AMSA out like that, I I don't like his chances versus Zane, but I feel like I like it more for some for, for that reason alone, just kind of having a little bit of that momentum. I think that there's something to be said for that. That and also IBW beating Leffen, which I was really excited about because I did not want the asterisk on online results. I said this to I said yeah. this to Edwin Budding in my in the preview with me and Edwin when we were previewing this last week. I said I don't want there to be an asterisk on online results. If Leffen wins this tournament, we're gonna have to all put an asterisk on it. I don't want it. <laughs> Everything. I, I don't I don't want it. I don't want to do that. We already have to sort of do that because he couldn't compete in North American events from Europe. But then yeah. we would be forced to. Everybody would have to talk about it. We'd talk about it forever and ever. Amen. And I'd just go. Ugh. So I'm glad in the in the nicest way that Leffen didn't win the event. Leffen, I think, is, is is a lot better than what people wanted to give credit for, for the record, because after coming back and being pretty rusty, still had a really good showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He, lost, he lost both of those sets by reverse 3-0. Mm-hmm. And like that, hard, that hard game four Mango game, happen. that game four yeah. Mango game, I mean, that was so Leffen's game. It was three, four, and five. He choked each game, yeah. and, and truly, this is coming. This is coming from someone that I wanted him to win. I wanted Leffen to take this whole thing. Honestly, I I didn't care. I was like, I am Team Leffen for this one. I want to see this man's comeback after not being able to really compete in anything and still show that he's a dominant. Dominal two thousand sixteen Leffen. 
absolutely i love seeing that, that was 2016 oh my yeah, god dude. <laughs> yeah that was forever ago now that's five years bro that's oh my five god. years coming up on six but like he's he's incredible in my eyes leffen is definitely one of my my like top I, I don't know three or five he's definitely in there somewhere i don't feel like ranking my life right now but he's he's definitely in my top three or five as far as like favorite uh, favorite players to just watch because of the energy and because of just how good he can be, but tie this all together with how much of a choke artist he can be. And he has thrown away so many sets and you see it because how many times now is this becoming a common, tr a common trend like where he just yeah. wants to, <laughs> it's, like, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. No, it's I the, know. Cause I used to do yeah. it. It's the, and that's something that Cody talked a lot about. He's talking about like mm -hmm. his girlfriend and helping the 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 restructuring of his mental game. Yep. Shout out to Emily. Is, is really is really what sort of gotten this. I mean, reverse throwing Leffen. There's two sides of that coin. Leffen loses that, but that means that Cody was down. He was yep. not looking good that set, and to be able to come out of that, take a breath, reset. And essentially the launch launch and sort of start his path through staying in winners. I mean, that's probably if he loses there, I don't think there's any world that Cody wins this tournament. You yeah. know, maybe. I, I don't know. With everything he talked about with this mental game and the way that he started to restructure himself, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. And the way he started playing afterwards, like everything just seemed to be clicking for him so I, I really don't know if uh if that's what would have ended up happening i do think that a lot of those sets had more more determining factors on just access to closing out a stock that just is more and more noticeable the more i watched those matches just over and over i watched mango leffen probably three times because i kept looking away for a minute and a stock was gone i'm like how how <laughs> who who just messed up that quickly and then and then you just see it happen again and then the last stock situations i would replay because i'm like what got thrown away there was so much to be taken away from so many different sets but i still think cody had a really really decisive uh victory kind of scoped out there uh especially when he took zane to fd that was literally him saying I'm about to give you this second place medal and you're about to take it. He knew. He knew. That wasn't that wasn't a Zach Cordoni. This is now a Cody Schweb. Nobody you're not allowed to call it a you don't say, oh wow, that fox took Mart to FD. That's the M2K. Nope. Nope. That's the Cody. That's the Cody if you win. Because you're gonna win. Just mindset, baby. That and also IBDW said this no less than 10 times on his stream today because he has to keep defending it. He's like, I don't know what there's to defend. If I <laughs> lose on FD, if I lose on Pokemon Stadium, then where is he going to take smart. me? No, it's smart. He he talked about that even uh, at like his ending interview and he was talking about that. And I'm, I don't fully disagree. Yes, I do. I entirely disagree, <laughs> but like, he's way better than me. So like, if that's actually the mindset take me to fd bro i i was playing uh drew i don't know if you're familiar you know juice man yeah i i don't know if he listens to this but i hope he does drew i hope you're or not drew juice i hope you listen to this we were playing earlier today when i was on my uh my break from work and we were just playing melee with each other and he was playing his martha and i won falco I, we were playing on fd and i was beating his butt there 
So you know what? Maybe it is the strat. I don't need no platforms to beat your, your stupid Marth. Got you. I'm just looking forward to seeing the counterplay because Zayn yeah. now it's on the the onus is on him because we're talking about winners finals. It's IBDW versus Zayn, and yes, after losing game one, IBDW takes a breath and he picks FD. All the commentators don't even point it out for the first ten seconds because they're yeah, all just they like, don't I guess it. I guess IBDW won. Uh, wait, wait, oh wait, what IBDW counterpicked him here? What? And IBDW wins it best case scenario and i think that's where the unraveling starts to happen for zane my perception he can feel free to disagree I mean, watch zane's stream i'm sure he'll talk about it but i was floored by seeing the the rest of that set play out and seeing how how i i, I think that ibw was playing very very well but again this this comes down to where and i think scar put it best zane just looks so unbeatable when he's playing tight when he's playing like a like, a, like an a game it doesn't even have to be a plus it could just be solid and very small mistakes but when you when you sd as a marth like you know a misledge dash i think i saw in that ibdw set like little stuff like that i mean it just especially against a player that's playing as well as ibdw was yesterday or on sunday i just can't i just can't I can't believe it, but it's what we saw, and it made sense at the same time. It was so weird to me just to see Zayn not be in Grand Finals winner's side. It was so weird. Yeah. And there's... Oh, you no, you can go. You can go. The, It's hard, and we only really saw it for the first time at the last summit. Um, Zayn, as amazing as Zayn is, he, he has not been at the top for that long, and we're starting to see... A little bit of a different Zane when push comes to shove. Where you're going to see someone like Mango excel there. Zane hasn't quite figured that out yet. Going back to like end of Summit 11, but here with the Cody set and going towards the end, that was way. If you watched him play S Fat, you're like, there's no way that he's like losing. And then that happens and it's like, wait a minute. You think Zane hasn't lost to a Fox in like two and a half years? Yeah. This hasn't lost to a fox. And then there's that pressure too. Like I don't lose this. Yeah. To see cuz you you're right. It's on it's on Zane to come back stronger at the next one and go, right? Now what? Now what's what's the solution going to be? Everyone's been spending months and months game planning how to beat Zane and now people are getting their people are getting their shots in. Drew, are you and I in the same frame where we think Martha is the best character in the game? Or are you a fox? Have you seen Fox? The dude's insane. <laughs> All right, cool. So the way that I look at it is because I think Martha is the best character in the game when he's on. So moments like what you're talking about here, uh, Jesse, where like, yeah, when Zane is on, he does not look beatable. A similar thing in my in my mind can be said so easily about M2K. When he is on, he looks unbeatable. Even like... Uh, Oh my God, like Kadoran has yeah. started showing signs. I watched so much of um, pre, pre-Summit, Mango and Kadoran, because when I get up in the mornings, it's, it's very, very early with my girlfriend. Um, and when that happens, sometimes I just like scroll on my phone for a little bit. And it, granted, that's like four in the morning Eastern. So 1 a.m. probably yep. Pacific, yep. something like that, maybe getting closer to two. And Mango is still live just playing Kadoran. 
And this is what had me thinking Mango is not going to do well. I'm watching them just play. Granted, it's online. But, like, Kadoran is taking so many sets. They're Maybe both in SoCal, though. True, mm-hmm. right. And, like, that's where the connection's probably, like, decent enough. But I'm watching and just the way this man has just figured out a top-level player and has shown consistent results from SoCal and just his growth exponentially uh, just with Marth. It's just, I don't know. I see these types of things, and I I don't know. I think when a Marth is on, they really do have the potential to be the best human-played character, but Fox is definitely the closest second out of, like, anything else. Um, So that's where I can completely agree with you, where it's, like, the Zane thing of... He's so good. Like, he can't lose. He's not going to lose. Oh, my God. He's not playing on. Never mind. He's so going to lose. Like, that so, <laughs> so exists. You know, I think this was... Somebody was saying in the Melee Stats Discord, I think that this was the first time that a solo fox won a big event since Leffen, since yeah. Evo 2018. And so, yep. to a solo Marth, to a solo fox, it is so hard to actually take a big event like this, even with the slightly less character variety. There was one, there was one Sheik, and that was sort of a dual main between Sheik and Marth in Free Palestine. Not a true Sheik. Well, is Plup a true Sheik? I see that fox come out sometimes. Nah. Uh, Spark, who, by the way, yes. congrats to Spark for winning the VIP bracket. I thought I was watching Grand Finals for a second when I pull up Spark versus Lucky yeah. in the VIP yeah. Grand Finals. I'm going like, Lucky and Spark? I feel so bad for the people who are just whales bought to go. And they're yes. like, maybe I'll do well in the VIP bracket. No, no, you will not. Nope. <laughs> did you see Did you see Face Roll versus Spark in Winner's Finals? No, I did not get a chance to see that. Don't. But, I mean, unless, <laughs> I don't know... If you ever, because you don't play Sheik, do you? No, I mean, I think I'm a Sheik player when I play Sheik sparingly, but I'm I'm not. Okay. I just, I think I am. <laughs> I feel like as a non-Sheik player, don't watch it. As a Sheik player, watch it. That was, that was some crazy, like, Sheik Ditto-esque stuff, but they chain grabbed. So, like, it, it gets very boring. No, it but doesn't. But they did no. a lot no, of... It's not intri- boring. It's not boring, dude. Oh, man, it's exciting. <laughs> um, but I don't know. They, they did do a lot of really cool stuff, um, like, intertwined within it. But as a non-Chic player, I'm just almost like, don't bother with that. But, yeah, the set of, uh, of Lucky versus Spark, that was insane. That was insane. No shade. No shade. I love Spark. I love Face Roll. Really Friends fun to watch. Show. Really fun to watch. Friends of the Fakers doesn't. And I do apologize for getting a little bit off track, but I love the idea that there is so of how hard it is to pick the best character in the mm-hmm. game because we like to Absolutely. say it's Fox or we like to say it's Marth. When Falco character players are doing really well, we go, wait, wait. Wait, or with Jigglypuff. I mean, a lot of people said during Hungrybox's big reign of 2017 yeah. to 2019, they're like, uh, is, pretty is sure Puff's not? the best character. Yeah. Puff's kind of killing Melee, though. This is <laughs> so funny to me. But then, but then with this with this event in particular, we got to see another person besides Mango. This is a big deal to me. Another person besides Mango challenge Zane because that's what I expected the least out of all of this. I didn't want to write off IBDW or anybody else up against Zane because, well, first of all, a a player like Wizzy proved through one of the SCL matchups, like uh, Wizzy beat Mm -hmm. Zane, even if it was online, still did that, still beat Zane. So Wizzy could do it. There's like a part of that that could happen. And then we really wanted to see Amsa versus Zane because 
I it's, really wanted to see it's that Yoshi versus Marth, and that that's a matchup that's hard because Whiskers almost beat Kadoran when he came out to one of the nightclub events. It was mm-hmm. game five. It was last stock, last hitting. We all know how good Kadoran is becoming. So I really wanted to like see a little bit more of uh, see a little bit more of that, but we didn't. So what I instead focused on after IBDW beats Zane and goes to grand finals, I just think to myself, somebody else besides Mango proved it on a really big stage at a really big moment with Fox. That's such a big deal because of how lopsided it has looked against mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of Fox players and a lot of Falco players, basically spacey propaganda here that I'm talking about. I love seeing it. Even if I really wanted Zane to win, I wanted Zane to win this event. It is so sad to me that when you, when you, when you have such a big moment like Summit 11 and it slips through your hands, Mango wins, everybody calls him the GOAT, then he gets literally anointed the GOAT because of the melee stats and PG stats top, one to- top 100 all time. It's such a hard event to lose, but I thought to myself, Zane finally, how could it possibly get bigger than that, where you get second at the biggest event of all time and from a lot of different angles? Now he has that down on lock. There was that 2018, 2019 time where he would lose a lot of game fives. He would lose a lot of grand finals, even from winner's side. I remember that choke season that Zane had to deal with before he won Genesis 7. And that was really cool. And then, of course, COVID. But I thought with Summit 11 out of the way, he's got Summit 12 easy. So even though I really like seeing IBDW win, I was really sad for Zane because I just think he probably, there's a part of him that still feels like that, that choke uh, storyline is still stuck to him. He can't get it off yeah. of himself yet. Yeah, that's hard. And I mean, you have you have all these different storylines and ways to come in. And like, like look at Cody. Cody was. I think Cody was very cons- worried about this tournament at first. Hundred percent. Because a lot, yeah. a lot of his. A lot of that sort of, oh, online results, what are you going to do? Yeah, you won Riptide, but no one was there. You won, but Mango and Zane weren't there. What are you going to do when they're actually in an event? And he's a hard worker. Um, he, like I said, that the change work. in the mental. He's doing work. He's doing work. He finished working. He he's finished done. It. He clocked out. <laughs> he clocked out for the day. It's all but, done. But that was... It really, and he said it afterwards, he's like, it just doesn't feel real. And like, Cody, like, I, I, I knew Cody before he was like, even like, I knew him, there was a really good old meme when he was top seven in what, in upstate. Top mm-hmm. seven. There's going to be some like old, like upstate. <laughs> we can find one of the old PRs probably. That are like, that are like losing it. But like, he's oh, I think he's like top seven upstate. And that was like a big meme. And then he like started doing well. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's like pretty good. And then it became, oh, is he going to be like top seven in New York? And it was just like, it was like jokes. But to see him, to see him not only like in these top eights, but like he won. And the best part is that you can't take it away from him. There's no, he got a cheap bracket. He got lucky because this person fell. It's not like he like won the event, but both Zane, or Zane and Mango lost beforehand. He beat Hungrybox in pools. He beat Leffen. He beat Amso, who was looking like he could beat anyone. He beat Zane. He beat Mango. 
I don't think he dropped a set the whole weekend. Let's go, IBDW. Let's go. All right, <laughs> Dan, insane. go ahead. Take over. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that really does cover just about everything. I mean, the way that he just kind of came in and as much of an – I don't I don't know. I wouldn't even call him an underdog because like people do know to expect greatness from him at this point. He has arose, I guess, or risen to this this upper echelon where you do call him a top player. You do see him in this light that yeah, I mean, Drew and I coming from New York, having known Cody before, we I I interviewed him on the bakery with a bunch of other that's another thing that stands out to me that I find funny. I interviewed Cody on my show with other people only for this guy to end up doing it. like no no shade at all to uh to the other the other oh my god, I'm even trying to but it, like it, we, at the time he wasn't like big enough to probably just have his own episode no not at all i <laughs> i mean it's more or less like i hadn't talked to him that much it was me animal ibdw and ryobi we had we had an episode together and it's like that's a good cast like that's a good group of group of homies and whatnot now but, one of these things is not like the other i mean kinda, yeah ryobi's yeah. like turning into one of the best tos in the country <laughs> <laughs> shout outs to ryobi the friend of the program oh 100 percent. in my eyes nico's always been a, an incredible to and just an incredible human being whether that's like human rights sorry to, under, sorry to undercut sorry to undercut <laughs> never no no we ne- we can't and we know we won't animal on the other hand i think he's like well and retired at this point but he's also just an amazing head like super nice person and then there's just cody now and it's like i never would have expected this man's to be a top fiver because when when i spoke with him i knew his drive was there and i knew he was really really good but also i think when i saw him at pound oh my god what year did i go was that pound 2018 or 2019 one of those years was it the crab one because that was 2019 it was the crab it was the crab so it was 2019 he he didn't perform that great i remember him losing to i think pew pew U in losers which knocked him out and i remember him on stage like he was verbally i think like kind of cursing himself out like really just like putting himself down and i remember that and i'm just like dang I guess he's he's still just going to be, you know, a solid mid-level, like mid-high level Fox player. And I mean, I, I know the guy and he's a super sweet homie, but dang, it sucks to, to see that from what two years later, Mans is winning an entire summit. It's with these three. huge prize pools, top three, yeah, three in the world now, I think incredible. Top and three, he deserves yeah. it too. That that work ethic, that grind. Mans is streaming like hours every single day, and it's melee. It's always melee. He doesn't he do does he do coaching? I want uh, to say a little bit of coaching, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. I've got I've got a little IBW lesson under my belt. Yeah, dude's dude's incredibly informed on the game that he plays. Dude's incredibly well rounded, well versed. He knows what he's doing, and he listen. His name is IBDW. I be doing work for a reason. The man's clocks in gets his work done and checks out at the end of the night to get some dinner. All right. He, he knows what he's there to do and he's showing it. And shout something Cody. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to IBDW. So as someone who's never spoken to IBDW, it's interesting to hear from, from you two, the perspective of 
This is somebody who literally was playing in locals that I would go to or regionals that I would go to. This is somebody that I would have talked to and you talk to them like they're the person that they are. And then it's this weird thing happens where they kind of pop off and you go, well, huh? Well, that's, this is so weird. I'm like, like this close, like um, my pers my, my question mainly being for what is it? What is the thought that comes to mind when you think about somebody like IBDW who you've known for a long time, finally getting to that spot and where you are, do you like start to evaluate what you're doing with your life or do you just stave that temptation <laughs> off pretty hard? Um, I mean, I in some ways, I mean, he's, his rise was so big and so prominent. I love, I love him. He was not that good when he started. Like when he started going to events, he was like, all right, he was doing a lot of net play. But I have like I have like a friend or two who have like IBDW wins from like way back in the day that are not the greatest players you will ever meet, w which is fine. I mean, it's just different yeah. times. But for him to go from where he was to go, hey, he was like huge in net play, like even like delay based net play. He was playing all the time. He Stuff was doing scary. these tech things. It's having the resources, the drive, the mentality. It's really, it's really like his success story. Mm -hmm. He's had a lot of shit in his life. There's a whole bunch of sacrifices, a whole bunch of stuff. And to see him just do like hard work, determination, and just wanting it more than anyone else in the room that day, see him come out on top is it's really like, it's like, it's almost feels a little sappy, but it's like inspirational, you know? It's mm -hmm. like he really that's something he's been like for six years, just totally been like the goalpost. And like he's just he's just got it. He's he's, got it. he's a person at the end of the day. I think that's the biggest thing that people have to continue to take away from this. He he's a grinder of this game. Sure. He's been pushing, pushing his limits, going through his own stuff for for years. But at the end of the day, he is just a person. So when you ask, like, you know, what is it like to even just know that, like, that's where he used to come from or what, what used to be, like, maybe a conversation or something like that with him, that's probably one of my favorite things. When I went to Pound, like, and I saw him, we hadn't had much interaction besides the interview, and yet you could still go up to Cody and just probably be like, yo, what's up, Cody? How you been, man? And, oh, yeah, I've been doing all right. You know, I'm just really trying to focus on this uh, upcoming match and whatnot. Oh, cool. Who are you playing against? Like you can just have a casual conversation with him and like nothing, nothing felt weird. Nothing felt uncomfortable. Whereas probably some of these like top players, if you wanted to try and talk to mango, God, the cringe tales he probably has because people just get super uncomfortable and super weird around him. The easiest thing to do is just remember everyone's a person. Like whether they're going to be a top player in a year or two or six years, however long it takes them, anyone that's a top player is a person. And if you just treat a situation or an encounter with them as they are just another person like you, maybe they make money in a different way. That's kind of cooler. Uh, you know, they're, they're all just I don't know. A lot of smashers are really cool people. A lot of them are also kind of creepy, but like, there's a lot of cool people out there in the scene, even the top players. A lot of great communicators, of course, as well. That's so why. They get back to you Hang right on. away. <laughs> I want to highlight something that I think 
with IBDW is really important is how, how much work and how much sacrifice it took for him to be able to win Riptide, knock on the door for a, a couple of years now, really popped off back at the Axe Summit. So I think that was Summit 8. We're on the island, that major loser's run beating Hungrybox and those kind of players of how now you look back and you realize of all the, all the hard work, all the times where he had a sub goal for food on his stream to be able to just scrape by. And then the big thing being this year, after doing all of the grinding and hard work and traveling to events, trying to move out to California at one point to see if that's going to be the move and then immediately move back, reconnect with family members that he had lost over the years and then gained back. And then, you know, the girlfriend, uh, like the mentality power up that he referred to a couple of times, you know, giving credit to where credit is due, just being able to not only improve in the game itself, but also improve in life at the same time, which I think is harder to do than what most people would be quick to say. Most people in Smash, when they talk about how good they are, they're usually quick to talk about how much they practice, how much they study, the coaching lesson, lessons that they'll take up on, how often they'll play on stream. And I think one of the things that IBDW says a lot when talking about where he is as a player is usually just talking about where he is as a person. I notice a lot. And I think that's really, really cool. It makes him so much more relatable and it, it just makes you feel like, well, it makes me feel like I, not that I can get there, not that I am going to be able to do any of that performance, performing stuff. Someday. It's just more of like, I can balance everything around melee in my life if i want to play more i can find ways to do that and make it work because somebody like ibdw can do all that and play at an exceptional level i can do that and play at a mediocre level or a level that i'm happy with but there's an example out there of somebody who makes it all work and i think that is really special absolutely yeah and i think there's nothing wrong with like even slightly idolizing someone like that or or just looking at him and just being like yeah this is it's like people that look at actors. I look at like Tom Holland and I'm like, I think he's he's an awesome human being. And uh, like, I don't aim for my life to be exactly like his because I know I can't do that. But like, it's people you look at and you can respect them. And uh, I think he's definitely garnered a lot of that. And it's well deserved. We can get you on hot ones with Sean Evans, though, I think, though, Dan, if we try hard enough. You put my hopes up there. I am a hot sauce fiend. My my butt can't handle it, but uh, my mouth, I have cried before. I have the last dab. Uh, what is it? The last dab? Uh, Redux? Redux, yeah. Yeah. I got, I think I have the Apollo or something like that. I got that in my fridge and, uh, it's so tasty. <laughs> I promise. So is Sean Evans, I, I, a friend of the program. Oh, he's a friend of the show. I mean, he's been, he's been sponsoring the pain that I endure on a regular enough basis. The pleasurable pain, the the kind that releases all those endorphins, makes you feel alive, Dan. You love that. It makes me learn a mental game with myself. <laughs> I'm losing every time. The last player that I want to highlight, I mean, there, I could talk about all these players and how they how it went in their individual storylines in this bracket because I feel like I could spin and weave about everybody. But the last person is Mango. In all yeah. of this. Mango goes to losers fairly early, loses in winter semis to Zane. It's a quick 3-0. I mean, it is super fast 3-0. And then Mango only has to, only has to go all the way from losers whatever, losers 
quarters, I guess, beating Leffen in a verse, reverse 3-0, beating Wizrobe again after beating Wizrobe in winners, and then beating Zane 3-1 in losers finals to run out of gas in grand finals. I was definitely believing in the run after beating Zane. I thought, because I, I, my first thought was Mangle ran out of gas way before he gets to Zane, but he didn't. So after he got to Zane and beat him, I thought Mango just has infinite energy somehow. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how this is supposed to work because he's only been playing seriously leading up to Summit for maybe three or so weeks. And that's just insane to think about mm-hmm. someone taking a pretty big break between these two summits and then not doing well yeah i don't know if mango would say he didn't do enough prep or not but i would Mm. say from my perspective probably didn't do enough prep but still had the energy to play all those extra sets and finally make it back to grand finals and i thought this is so going to happen even if ibdw has had to play less and it's playing hot today there's no way right but so much respect to IBDW for closing it out, not even allowing any sort of life to begin for Mango. Even yeah. if he took a game, that just I just felt like the wind and the sails might have been a real thing. But I I think Mango. that I, I what I want to say about Mango is that I I think that he proved even though I, I thought he had the same amount of pressure as Zane to win the event, I felt like he was able to somehow, even despite the fact that he went to losers early and he didn't even take a game off of Cody or IVDW in grand finals, he still proved a lot. Just contextualizing behind the less preparation that he had for the event. Yeah. He played a lot of sets this weekend. You also got to remember, he lost, he did, he finished third in his pool. Mm-hmm. He lost to S Fat. He lost to S Fat and Amsa. Mm-hmm. He played the gauntlet. He went game five with Tyler Swift. Mm-hmm. Game five with Tyler Swift in the redemption bracket. And then beat Kadoran, yeah. Was it Kadoran? Yeah. Then he played another set. And that so he's probably already played more sets than anyone to get into winners as a crazy last last hit, last combo really to beat Wizrobe. And mm-hmm. Mango's, Mango's, there's just something that Mango has when it gets to those push come to sub situations that, like, really not many players have. Right. Like, really, I think of, like, Mango and Hungrybox in that, like, when it really comes to, like, that last breath of life that you're, like, you, like, almost expect, how, how, what is Mango going to do to make this happen? Mm-hmm. Like, like Wizrobe can like get a grab last per- last stock, and you go, man. Wizrobe has to do his whole. He has to kill him right now, because if he doesn't, you know, Mango's gonna finish a set like that. <laughs> I mean, there was like there was like two years that every single Mango Plup set ended with me- with Plup up game five, and then Mango like doing some combo to end the set. <laughs> Never forget the side B. Never forget side B. There was the the down tilt or something that killed on. It was at a summit on the windmill in stadium. Yep. yep. There's like there's probably the like three up or tilt four combo sets. on Yoshi's. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that was there's again there's just so many instances where like yep. so many other ca- players are like, this is it. I'm probably out. I probably can't make this happen, and he can do that. And I mean, he needed to do that against Leffen really had to claw back for his left like he shouldn't have even gotten yeah. a game five to get to that point agreed but I, it's, I, it's wild 
I'm I'm with you on so much of that. I think the biggest thing that's hard for at least me and maybe other people agree with me in this. I can't speak for Mango on this only because as much as people are going to say and even Cody said it where they're like, oh, he ran out of gas. Like, did he or did Mango really just my only my only reason that I'm saying did he is because like this isn't new to Mango and like everyone knows this. Everyone knows that that's how Mango plays sometimes. He plays so much better when he's behind. Not only do you see it in the matches, but you see it in a set. Dude starts all the way down in losers and grinds it up. Granted, yes, he did play a lot. Yes, he hasn't been training as hard, I guess. But even you could make the argument he's his grind that he's been doing with uh, Kadoran and probably Lucky and like S2J and whatever, like he has his crew. He's a pro player. Even if he's not on stream, I can guarantee you he is grinding. That's that is his job. He has to. So I'm almost like if he if he can say he ran out of steam, maybe then I'll take that. He did. But right now, dude, I don't until wait, you're saying he did say that or yeah, he tweeted yeah, that out, yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay, because I thought only Cody did. Yeah. I thought everything Cody... I had in the tank when there wasn't much. Okay. All right. Then I guess never mind all that. So yeah, Drew's right. Yeah. Uh yes! edit that out. Played edit all that out. Edit all that. That's Patreon exclusive. If you want to hear the stupidest take of all time. No, it was no, it's, it's staying BX. it's staying in the it's staying in the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Look, I, can I tell you something that I did tonight? Uh go. So IBDW tweets out something to the effect of the $2 million goal for the Panda controller or Kickstarter. Every name of every single backer will be read by the Panda players. And IBDW's like, there's like 12,000 people that back this up. I'm not reading all of this. Yeah, and so I was like, what if you did 12,000 names, one per each second? That's got to be like 200 hours. And he's like, no, I need a bigger raise. And then he corrects me. He says, wait a minute, that's only 200 minutes. That's not 200 hours. <laughs> And I left the tweet up on Twitter because people started coming in. They're like, dude, where did you get your math from? Nice numbers. Like, yeah. You know, I, um, math's not my strong suit. It's really not. But I had to hold it. So hold, hold right. your take with me. I have so many L's. You don't, you don't want to add another one to my belt. But I mean, shit, we'll just put it out. I got a closet back there. I'll just throw it in there with the rest of them. <laughs> You're more, you have the room. We have the redemption. Drew losers bracket run to save you. <laughs> Drew, yeah. How's Noel doing, Drew? Oh, come no. on. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> it's okay. You got a cute snowman back there. I'm envious of that. I have no decorations. I gotta get something. So that pretty much wraps up Summit 12. Smash World Tour coming up. Oh. We'll talk about that probably next week when I come on to the Baker's Dozen for Flavor of the oh. Week. I guess he's going to leak it. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I just leaked Y'all can expect that. Y'all can expect that. Uh, we'll probably tweet about it or something like that and letting y'all know that we got a, a fun little guest of Rooney coming on. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to tweet nothing. Drew, don't tweet nothing. If you're a fan of the BSM pod, then you'll know that this is happening. But if you're a Baker's Dozen fan as well as a BSM Pod fan, then you'll know exactly. It's gonna roll. <laughs> it's gonna roll where it's like, let's find out who's in the who's in the middle. Who are the mutual fans? Let's find out. 
Let's find out. I'm excited to find out. I mean, I'm one of them, unfortunately. So hopefully, so hopefully somebody else comes out, but it was an amazing episode to be with you two together tonight. And I know that we've been going on for plenty long, but I want to roll out the red carpet anyway. I want you to be able to each offer any of the closing thoughts on the tournament, on other things that you have going on that you want to spend a little bit of time on, however you want. So we'll start with you, Drew. What are your final thoughts or where can the people find you? Anything that you want to go with there? All right. This was, I like the change of pace. We are, we are in a spot in Melee where you don't know what's going to happen. With Zane losing to two different people in an event, you go, wait a minute. It's kind of open for whoever wants it. You can't you can't go into an event anymore and know that this person is like like there's more than one person that can beat this person. So there's no free brackets anymore. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna have Smash World Tour, we're gonna have Genesis, we're gonna have so much. We're gonna go with it. That's kind of the last thing I was going to say. You can find me on Twitter at Drunga. Um, you can maybe follow my Twitch at <laughs> Twitch at TV slash Drunga. I say it. Follow it. Well, like I'm what about your YouTube? You got those clips coming out on the YouTube page. I, that was a that was a social experiment. He talked to me with about very this. little. This is good. I did not put much effort into, and might might not might might die. Um, Don't let it die, Drew. I pre- I pressed the like I button, a, but I, to be honest, I've seen most of them before because of your previous Twitter account. That, see, that's the thing. I a lot of them. I a lot of them were just like, were just like rehashing them there. I've mm-hmm. got I've got I've got the good stuff hidden. Ooh. I've got the hood stuff. I've got the I know stuff that you're taking after your one of your heroes, PGH Carol, and the rest of the creative stuff Discord people. You just like to hold on to stuff and do your 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 B side role and throw out some combos every now and again. And we're all just like going, "No, this can't be the throwaways. These can't be the throwaways. What are the real ones?" I'm trying. I got a couple good ones. There's a few that sometimes I let I like tweet out, but there's been a couple that I'm like. Like Dan's seen a couple of them. Like I'll just like I'll just leave. I have. He's leaked. He's <laughs> leaked a little bit. If you want a chance to yeah. see any of these and beg Drew to put them on the timeline <laughs> at Drunga, how about you, there Dan? You what do you got? Uh, well, I mean, final thoughts on Summit. I thought it was amazing. Um, always great stuff from the Beyond the Summit staff. Hire me. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, Dona SSBM on. T- Twitter, I think. Yeah, I think that's my handle. I don't know. If it's not, I know I know Jesse's got me on the post production. Um, it's probably down there somewhere. Oh, you definitely uh, probably, know that you got probably it. right down here. So we got the YouTube but, uh, as well so that people can watch the Baker's dozen. Yeah, that would probably be my big one. Uh youtube.com slash young donut, I think, or is it slash channel young donut? I don't know. Search the the Baker's Dozen podcast on YouTube. Don't do that. We don't do that. Just look at the link on the description of this podcast episode or, yeah, YouTube video. <laughs> Trust yeah, me. Yeah, do one or the other. You can find us on Spotify. You can sub to the Patreon. We got great exclusive content. More to come. Drew will give you a a, a kiss on the cheek if you want or like a smiley face or something i don't know we're I'll covid friendly yeah I'll that's it he compliments you. you i forgot what our patreon tiers are um <laughs> but uh also also biggest uh shout outs and mad love and respect for bottom of smash mountain this uh this guy's been this guy's been kicking butt 
He's been grinding this podcast out over 100 episodes, multiple episodes in a week. Uh, great selection of people on the show. Very humble. Very, very nice. Now, does now, that his research. now that he's now that he's reached the top echelon of talent. <laughs> oh boy, he's he's really reached out <laughs> to the greats now. You know, it's it's just good to see, um, especially from where I came from with uh, with podcasting and whatnot. It's just it's nice to see other people still carrying the torch. You mentioned wannabes earlier. You know, they're always great. The Melee Stats uh, podcast, always great. Like, there's a lot of great people out there um, putting in the work and whatnot, but always got to pay homage where it's due. And I'm really happy to see where you've gone with this, and I'm excited to see more. You're, uh, You're killing the game, man. Keep at it. Appreciate that, Dan. Appreciate having you on, Drew. Thank you both for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Peace.